Big Fluff. This is stock exchange. There's no money you could steal. Really? Now why are you people here? No, 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 this is a robbery. They have direct access to the online trading desk. I'm not risking my men for your money. So we're gonna have to ask you to move. We have a situation here. It's not our money, it's everybody's. Really? Mine's my mattress. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And with me, my grandfather, Lars Periwinkle. <laughs> well, hello, money. <laughs> yeah, I've seriously, this is, this is, I'm getting nostalgic for, you know, helping my mom print things. So this has been... <laughs> Lars got some new recording equipment, so yeah, I, I you know I appreciate I and mean, I appreciate uh, as always through these <laughs> through these many many years I appreciate your patience with me dealing with technology. <laughs> I no. don't know why. like it's not like like day to day I'm I'm fine and I'm pretty savvy, but when it comes to this uh, um, this AV club stuff, I'm just like I don't I put I put it in the thing. It's not doing the thing after I plugged it into the thing. Did you try turning it off and turning it back on? <laughs> uh, well, no. So we actually, as a surprise uh, treat for our listeners, I had to bring in uh, a friend. To, I had to phone a friend to help you get your recording set up. So we actually have Andy McIntyre uh, on hey, the Hey, what's show up, that. everybody? What's up? Uh, yeah, because so I knew you and Andy had the same exact recorder because I told you mm -hmm. both to buy it. Um, and so <laughs> we was trying to look over zoom at what you were recording and then Andy was nice enough to come on and help out. And so then we asked him to stay for the show. So, and I did. Yay. Yes. Andy, who like me is a year older than you just <laughs> <laughs> yet, yet through some weird time paradox, we are both your grandsons. Yeah. <laughs> It's a looper situation. We had <laughs> And you're both very handsome young boys. <laughs> you did um you, it's very funny when you and I were chatting yesterday, you did tell me that you won an Eames chair. So you really are leaning into <laughs> I did look, the Eames chair is an American classic. <laughs> and I think if you look, it's so aesthetically pleasing. No, it is a great um, chair. It's a, it's a great goddamn chair. And also, if you look up the, the – do yourselves a favor, dear listeners, if you, um, uh, if you, if you want to, <laughs> look 
look up the Eames chair. There's a there's actually a rich history behind the the architect behind it. It has a Wikipedia a, page. Like I was it, actually it reading sure through it today. That, yeah, were you really? Because <laughs> I was I was trying to remember the name. Because so the the backstory to all this uh, for Andy and for our listeners is uh, the fact that. Uh, Molly and I, because the world is terrible, have just been watching uh, design shows and like YouTube tours of uh, people's apartments. <laughs> so like, so it started as celebrities, and now I think it's just anyone who made a YouTube video of their apartment. Uh, we've just because we've been in the same space for a year, so um, you know, uh, we started like watching the stuff. But I was telling Lars about it, and he mentioned the Eames chair. So then I was like trying to talk to Molly about it, and I. Googled it and then I recognized the chair because it is like a classic. What is it like 50s or 60s? Uh, it's definitely mid century yeah. vibe. Yeah. And then if you look at it, like I said, there's a Wikipedia page, like Lars was saying about the designer, and uh, you can see all of the various things that it was in. It's the chair that House had uh, in the television show House. That's right. Yeah. Um, it, I forget what the other ones were, but like it, it's popped up in a number of. Uh, it's in Frasier. Fra- yes, yeah, it's in the background of Frasier. Yeah. It's, it's, of course uh, it is. Of course it's not not to be confused with the replica Coco Chanel that he has, you know, his couch. Or Martin's chair. Or Martin's Barca Lounge. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. oh, Marty's Barca Lounge. But no, it, the Eames chair is one of those harmless little rich pieces of Americana that I think we should all be able to enjoy. Yeah, no, it's a good chair. They're ridiculously expensive because then I got curious. Uh, how much they yeah. are. And it's one expensive. of those it's one of those rare pieces of American culture that isn't filled to the brim with poison once you <laughs> scratch it a little bit. Yeah, they well, it's don't also, know that. It's you also, can't make that guarantee. Yeah, you know what? I cannot. But I will say this, it is from a bygone era when when you bought a chair, it was your chair and it still they still exist to this day. Unlike if you bought a chair when we were all children, it just dis, it has disintegrated by now. Like just we stopped we made it like disposable everything at some point. So that was still from an era when you bought a chair and that could be a chair that you passed down to someone, perhaps. Mm. Now who's granddad? Yeah. Planned obsolescence. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, look, we could talk about furniture. uh, Let's. (laughs) No, but I have an important announcement and I want to get this out of the way. Uh, at the top of the show, the uh, you know I was asked to to perform this public service announcement. You know, this is for us. This is for our listeners. This is they just want to get the word out. So I just want this to be known. Uh, the developers of the game Cyberpunk uh, 2077 would like people to stop having sex with Keanu Reeves. So mm-hmm. if everybody could stop doing that, uh, they would really appreciate it. Okay, I'm going to speak for everyone who plays that game. <laughs> No, I'm going to speak for everyone who doesn't play that game. No. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, I, I'm going to speak for myself. No, yeah, I will huh? not stop having sex with Keanu Reeves. Also, I mean, from what I've heard of this game, the only other time I've heard anyone mention it is that it glitches all the time and it's had all these problems running. So let the people have sex with Keanu Reeves. Like, it, it seems <laughs> to be the most value you can get from the game right now. <laughs> like, is this um, is this like for real? You can have sex in this game? So I I assume I haven't played it. I, Andy, you haven't played it, right? Like, no, I've not. But I it's the vibe that I get is that this is sort of like G- Grand Theft Auto. Like it's an open world game. It it takes place in a cyberpunk future. I and my understanding, having read this article, is that there are either sex workers or sex robots or something 
that you there there are characters like the sex workers in Grand Theft Auto that exist for the player to I uh, you know I'm uh, whatever the cyberpunk future equivalent of driving around an alley <laughs> and wow. having sex with them uh exists and so Keanu Reeves is not one of those he's a character that's like exists in the storyline however one of the things that the the people who made the game did for the the PC version of the game is they have these uh, mod tools. They they sort of want to let people customize things in any way they see fit. Like, so you really want to customize your character. You want to make them look a certain way or you want to customize the vehicles or anything. So they that's part of what they offered to people who have the PC version. So what people did is they modified the sex worker characters to look like Keanu Reeves, who is a character in the game. So his skin you know already existed so they just took what he looked like and made these characters look like him and then had sex with him and then had sex with him i that was um that was always going to happen that -hmm. was going to be the result of that and they had to have known that right yeah i mean if you couldn't actually do that i imagine people would have just taken their character and just like nudged it up against Keanu Reeves in the most. Right, right. Like, like, this was an eventuality. You put Keanu yeah. Reeves in a game where sex happens, so people are going to do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, most people are thinking about Keanu Reeves when they have sex anyway. So this is just letting them visualize that. Yeah, straight up. He's Hawaiian and Canadian and Keanu Reeves. You We're know, all into this. People keep asking me if I have sexual fantasies about Keanu Reeves, and I haven't really had an answer. But yeah, I'm guessing I have them. <laughs> Thank you. Way too emotive. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> I gave too much. Oh, man. If you dial that back about good thirty to forty percent, uh, you might be you might be right on target. That first John Wick is a masterclass in not letting Keanu Reeves talk. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty great all right so i just wanted to get that that's all i if, if you guys want to I, I we could spend the rest of the show talking about this if you want but that was all oh, really banging keanu reeves oh, yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> opinions on having sex with keanu reeves let me see i'm for it yeah i would vote yes mm-hmm. sure yeah. hey you know you know what i would this is um apropos of nothing but you know what happened today I was driving into work. I'm listening to the local radio. There's a um cake grandpa. Uh, <laughs> well, I was got, it NPR? I got to get I got to get my news. Yeah, was it NPR? No, it was actually um it's a morning zoo type of situation that comes out of Washington DC. I don't want to promote them because they don't need it. Oh. Um right. it's Elliot in the morning. So listen to Elliot in the morning. Um, I'm glad we took that journey. That was uh, yeah. necessary for the story narrative. <laughs> you know what's you know what's jacked up, uh, 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 Mr. Murphy, what's is that, that um, w- there's a person on that show who's like a wrestling fan. Okay. And then I don't know how it came up because I wasn't exactly listening. I was actually pumping <laughs> gas. And <laughs> were you wearing an onion on your belt? <laughs> that was the style. At the well, time. It, I mean, it is 20 diggers. It is dickety dickety one. So <laughs> why is okay. it old fashioned to be pumping gas? 
it, it's it, just this whole story. Where, where are we going with this story? Like where they started talking about uh, uh, Billy Gunn's song, The Ass Man. Oh, man. So there and the end. This, yeah. this entire break was breaking down that song that we did on this show. We did for about 40. And they were they were making it so cheap. No, we. I, I thought like, we had I didn't a like it at all. And they had and they had to go around. They had to go around the content, and they just like I. I don't know, man. I just don't like people writing our shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. I mean, it gets it gets tiring. Also, why are you gonna like do that to Mister Ass? Like that, as you and I talked about on that episode, that is a love song. It's beautiful, and I I will not have people make a mockery of it. You know, he's the no, ass. Not man. at not at all. You paint. If you're bringing it up, you're paying tribute. You're mm-hmm. not. You're not making a mockery. <laughs> There's nothing to mock about that. It is one of the all-time great wrestling themes. Yeah, you know what I think about a lot. By the way, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the show, but it will forever be funny to me that Shawn Michaels recorded his theme music when he did like in the what was that late 80s i guess right or was it uh it was, it was early 90s early 90s early to mid 90s but that he got locked in on this song and then it continued to be his song forever and it's the most ridiculous uh <laughs> him singing the song you know like he's and Shawn michaels is not a natural singer by any no. means and it's no no uh, mm. And it's and what was it? It was a sensational Sherry. Yeah, she did the original version because w- when he first turned heel after throwing Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window glass, mm-hmm. uh, then sensational Sherry uh, did the original version of the song. And then after they parted ways, he recorded his own version because the song was so great. Yeah. Rather than give him new music. Um, and he... He's got to be pretty close for the longest run with the exact same theme song. Which, it, and if you've never heard it, if you're not a wrestling fan, just to give you a little taste, I'm only going to play a bit because I don't want to get sued, but it goes like this. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I've got the looks that drives the girls wild. I've got the mood that really move them. I said chill. Up and down their spine I'm just a sexy boy I'm not a toy toy Okay, so we're gonna stop there Because again, I can, that's all we can afford On this show You know, yeah, I'll take that out of petty cash Yeah, but uh, But he, look, so if you don't follow wrestling Shawn Michaels I truly think he might be the best all-around wrestler Of our lifetime like he's he total package wise where if you combined mike skills with in-ring performance with quality of matches that he has had i think that he's probably the best all-around guy of our generation and it will forever be funny to me that he continued to just come out to that song through the attitude era through the post attitude era every time except when he was with dx then he had the dx theme but other than that he is a sexy boy, and he's not your boy toy. <laughs> Part of me thinks that I don't think you could have gotten another theme over for Sean. They're just like, no, we want, we want sexy boy. Well, it's I, like I said, he got locked into it. I mean, it's as associated with Shawn Michaels as you know, Real American is with Hogan, or w- as Breaking Glass, but up, but up, but up is for Stone. <laughs> 
for Stone Cold. Like, but it's just funny. It and it's really funny when he wins a match and he's in the ring celebrating, and it plays so long that it loops, and then it starts kicking back up again. It yeah, seems like the, that, the girl that, screaming at the beginning. Yeah, like that that song exists because they couldn't afford pour some sugar on me. Oh, that was definitely yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously he was in the Rockers, so they were definitely going for a hairband kind of thing. And then he was the bad boy of the group because he, you know, right. Had, and I mean, the the Shawn Michaels Heartbreak Kid character has strong male stripper vibes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And including, I mean, he what did he did like a feature in Playgirl at one point. He did. It was an interesting time then, wasn't it? Like uh, late, you know, mid late eighties to early nineties. How the I, I don't know, like masculinity was mixed with femininity. You know, it was kind of it was kind of a beautiful thing where you just like it was like a a a man a man with long hair, but he had big muscles. But he was also greased up and he was like moving fluidly and look how flexible I am. And all that is very, very sexy. And according right. to Undertaker, that's when men were men and wrestling oh. wrestlers were tough. You know what? <laughs> you know what? All right. Fine. Like, Andy, you did it. I, I have been trying not to address this in my own just but since you like all, door, like like publicly okay. or okay yeah so personally. Lars, yeah no no because Lars yeah I'm guessing you might not be able to date on this so I'm gonna all catch right. you and our listeners up so uh, uh there is the undertaker the character uh yes. who ha- has decades of destruction at this point uh he three of them yeah he has three decades of destruction he is a beloved staple of the the wwe Mm -hmm. uh who is a guy who he was i mean like i guess the character he like started out as literally an undertaker then he uh i don't know for a while he was a an american badass on a motorcycle (laughs) Uh, there's also when he was like the satanist cult worship leader. yeah he was like a cult leader um at one point for the the ministry of darkness uh But he's just had various types of he's just a guy with a lot of tattoos and dark hair and a beard. (laughs) Well, no, hold up. We have to we have to go into um, a little more detail for our Kenyan brothers and sisters who might not even be familiar. Um, Like he. Well, I just want to know. He's a a big dude, right? Yeah. But can I also push back that the WWE is a global company? So, I mean, they they've probably done. Yeah. And yeah. they've done tours of Kenya for yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure so, I'm sure uh, the Undertaker has wrestled in Kenya. So they know who he is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just want that. If he's that if, like, is the Undertaker really that fucking ubiquitous? I feel like he is at this point. I mean, he's okay. pretty <laughs> I mean, I think if, if to not I think he's like right on that edge of do non wrestling fans know who he is or not? And I think they do. I think most people well, do. Well, and if you're, you know, Whatever the, you know, if you're 20 and you're listening to the show for some reason, he's the guy from the meme with AJ Styles, where (laughs) AJ Styles is standing there and there's this scary man with long hair behind him, like sneaking up on him. He's that guy from that meme. He he was he was a big guy in a in a purple suit and hat. Also, at one point, he was a biker. At a point after that, I think he was on a chain gang in the American South. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, well there, he was. Why not? He was 
sort of parallel to the what was it, the biker gang that did exist in the WWE. The what were the disciples of apocalypse of the apocalypse? Yeah. yeah, I think he because he was an American badass. He was. Uh, yeah, he also, Leslie Nielsen spent a summer looking for him once. Uh, when he went he, missing. When he went missing. He also had a younger brother uh, that he thought died in a fire with their parents. Kane! Yeah. So oh, there's, there's a lot of... My I mean, God is Kane! <laughs> but all of that to say, he is a guy that, for people who know wrestling, and for like my understanding of him, and I would imagine, Andy, probably your understanding of him, is he was always the guy that, because he's old at this point he's wrestled for 30 years that was very much viewed as this um you know just monolith in the locker room like he was a guy that when the new people came in he sort of ran the locker room you had to earn his respect he was the guy that you came to for advice he was the guy that could put you over and like help make you a star like his blessing of you as a new person carried a lot of weight he sort of you know, just had a lot of clout in the locker room. He's a very beloved figure and, in the company. And to be fair, like, was pretty generous with making people look good and putting people over and, you know, not, like, going into business for himself, really, even though he won all the time. Yeah, well, one of the things that he's well known for is he had this streak at WrestleMania where for, was it 13? 21 years. 21, yeah, 21 years he uh, was undefeated. He ended up losing a match. Uh, but anyway, all of that to say that, yeah, he, he put a lot of guys over, but he also had a really impressive record himself. Uh, he, But he also was one of this last generation of this old school mentality uh, where they talk about keeping kayfabe, like this idea of if you're a wrestler, whatever your character is, if you're out in public, you're supposed to like not break the reality of that character. You don't talk about the business. You don't talk about it being scripted. You don't ever give away any of the secrets. It's sort of like a magician's code or something, you know? Yeah. If you're, if you're in a wrestling feud with a guy, you don't have dinner with him at the bar after the show. Yeah. And this was how it was done. Definitely through the eighties, probably still, in the 90s, but maybe the 90s when it started changing. Now wrestling's a bit different. It's sort of just understood. You know, the the World Wrestling, you know, they changed their name from World Wrestling Federation to World Wrestling Entertainment. They coined the term sports entertainment. They've been more upfront about it being a scripted show. They've done more behind-the-scenes type stuff. But he still held on to this his entire career he he didn't really do interviews. He never really let the guard down. All you knew was this character that was all that was existed was on screen and he was incredibly well respected well known well liked and this interesting thing happened where he just retired uh he actually retired at SummerSlam last year and he was sort of doing this lead up to retiring he he was sort of open about the fact that he was looking to retire that he was looking to have like a last great match and he actually agreed to do this documentary on the WWE Network um, that was called The Undertaker's Last Ride, right? Yeah, and it, it it's pretty com- comparable, I think, to the uh, the Last Dance Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah, as far there, as like, the way it's framed and the way it's done, and it, even the caliber of the documentary. It's definitely what they're going for. There's less discussion of, you know... And that's the, all I needed. He never once said, and that's all I needed or, to hear. Yeah, or I took that personally. There's, there's no... <laughs> there's not nearly as much gambling... Uh, but the vibe is definitely the same. It's like, I'm going to sit down and do this interview talking about my career and my last dance, you know, the last, I mean, it's last ride, last dance kind of 
definitely going for that vibe. But so this was the first time that he dropped the character on camera and talked to us as Mark Calloway, the the performer who has been portraying The Undertaker. And since then, it was like once that Pandora's box is open, he's really gone on the kind of like a tour of he did like a hot wings challenge on YouTube. He's done a lot of different interviews and such where he's sort of letting the character down, which culminated and prepared a sigh, Lars, in him doing Joe Rogan's podcast. <gasps> and uh, so it's been this weird journey where I never really thought much about who he was as a person because he was so committed to the character. He is definitely he's a man from Texas on every single it, it, all throughout the Undertaker's last ride, he's always wearing like Blue Lives Matter shirts. He's don't tread on me gear. Don't tread don't on me gear. Like he's bridge. very much into this like you know far right aesthetic. You know, like I'm a Texas good old boy, and that's like you know not my favorite, but <laughs> if, 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 you know what? If it's his jam, I guess. Well, it seems like the only clothing that he owns because it's every shot that he's wearing a t-shirt. It is exactly what he doesn't own. Like just a Hanes t-shirt with no. He's not wearing. Well, he's not sure, rocking just but, like an Under Armour dry fit yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. It also, he should like. Think about taking that that stance, considering where your bread was buttered, and it wasn't just with folks that that might agree with that. It was with a lot of different people. Well, and like I said, what what is so fascinating to me is like a guy that would spend three decades never letting us see who he was, then right. all of a sudden be like, "I'm retired. I really want like to just like." torch it all in the past like few months because so when he went on joe rogan's podcast what andy was alluding to is he went into a whole tirade about how wrestlers now are soft and they're not like because back in the day they were real men in the locker room and if you go in the locker room now they're all playing video games and you and know, like making themselves look pretty and and making themselves look pretty which again i'll point out that the undertaker wrestled in the 80s or the, undertaker, the Shawn michaels wrestled in the 80s and 90s uh and came out to that theme that we just played and you know like so the idea that there and, and there are a lot of very pretty wrestlers like it, it not just in their gimmick but like that are you know well, well quaffed well groomed oh yeah. all the, the whole Absolutely. deal it's like part of the part and parcel of the the product well there was a yep. guy in the 80s called ravishing rick rude <laughs> that like would dance around. there before that there was gorgeous george like the idea of a wrestler, Mr. Perfect, Mr. Perfect. Yeah, the, there's been a long history of wrestlers. Hell, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. <laughs> yeah, the word beefcake is in his name. The narcissist Lex Luger. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. And even those are the ones like that. That was their gimmick. But you know, Macho Man came out in a feather boa, like in you know, among many others. You know, Jesse the Body Ventura as another example. Yeah, there were yeah, a lot. Of I, as far as I've seen, like the the, the um the WWF WWE has always been like pretty damn gender fluid as far as shit's going on, and like yeah, there have been some you know some things as far as um. Um, ethnicity and nationality and gender things that were not cool. However, the idea of masculinity 
and professional wrestling has always been a big old question mark. <laughs> what is also, I mean, I love wrestling. I have a lot of respect for wrestlers. I get very defensive when people are quick to be like, wrestling is fake. But like, let us not forget that it is a sport where men are pretend fighting in spandex pants. Like, <laughs> and they're greased up and they're all over each other. Like, there's just, they, like, if, if someone's finishing move was they kiss they kiss the other guy on the lips. I wouldn't bat an eye. That there is were, that has there been adorable on brand. Adrian Adonis. Yeah. <laughs> Not Exotic to... Adrian Street definitely did that. Yeah. You see, this is what I'm talking about. It's always it's always been the dot under the question mark professional wrestling. Well, yeah, not to mention the fact that Rikishi would rub his ass in men's faces, like, as a finishing move. X-Pac would do the move, the Bronco Buster, where he basically rode a man's face in the corner of the mm -hmm. ring. There was a wrestling porn star named Vale Venus, whose finisher was called the Money Shot. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's it's all been... So you're not talking soaking. out of turn here, Lars, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Soaking and dripping in all of it. Also, we and haven't like, talked about Goldust at all yet, either. No, not, not even Gold once. Goldust, who is, like, seriously, as a, young, as a young man watching Goldust, it was, it, like, things were questioned in well, my Well, Goldust was great because he's sort of had this, like, vibe of he was getting in the heads of his opponents by... Either like acting like he was in love with them or just like sort of making them uncomfortable with how sexual he was in the ring. That was his gimmick. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah Goldust was, you know, in, in my mind, a drag queen, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, know, kind of living yeah. in at points. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And me living in I live in Baltimore, which is arguably the the drag city capital of America. I can tell you that. Th those folks will m make you start to think about <laughs> some things that you thought you knew. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like, it's, it's such a, it, I, all this to say the undertaker's full of horse pucky is really what it comes. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like it's such horse shit. Don't you guys get so fucking annoyed when someone comes out and they're like, this is what a man is. Yeah. Who the fuck? Sorry, well, you are well, dude. You wrestled an eyeliner, Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, like, yeah, you pretended to be an Undertaker with a man who, you know, well, let's be honest. Like, and I, I love Paul Bear, but Paul Bear was very foppish in like the oh, way yeah. that he came out and like, like he. I mean, his his gimmick before being Paul Bearer in the WWF was Percival Pringle the Third. Yeah, like, which was just it was oh all boy. the foppish stuff without any like the goth sprinkle to make him Paul Bearer. Yeah. Oh boy. But yeah, Paul Bearer would just he like his face was even painted lighter. You know, he had makeup on to make his face lighter, and he existed to hold an urn and make various wailing noises. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Also, if I guess the, to put a nicer button on this, uh, which I'll, sorry, real quick too. The other thing we haven't talked about, because we just sort of talked about the characters and like, you know, the various, the idea of masculinity in wrestling, but also implied in that of like men were tougher back in the day and they play video games now. Uh, I was happy to see like Xavier Woods kind of come out as like a big video game guy too. Of like the thing that's also left out of that is in the 80s and 70s, guys were doing coke and like overdosing and dying and hard drugs constantly yeah like it's actually healthier in the locker room now if guys are sitting around in the locker room 
focused on their health, like drinking wheatgrass shots and playing video games, that's a win versus like guys versus out- doing coke and having a knife in your bag. Yeah. <laughs> like like that's yeah, actually yeah. progress. And, and also like equating video games with anything, equating it with um being not masculine, equating it with being someone prone to violence. Like it it doesn't matter. It's a fucking hobby it's like saying that men used to be men but now they collect stamps yeah what are you talking about like my i will tell you um i i chose that example at random but i don't mind telling you that my my grandfather uh landed on normandy beach on d-day and collected stamps so you can't even don't call that nerdish or foppish or masculine because that happened and do you remember this was quite a while ago now when um, um, Ice-T was talking about the pussification of the American man. The pussification. When we're just trying to be, I don't know, normal people who are sensitive to other people's beliefs and understanding and like don't walk around being hard-ass dickheads all the time. That's the pussification of the American man. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we could just spend some time talking about how just the idea that a pussy is a term for weakness is evidence of the patriarchy. When you yeah. compare what a pussy can put up with compared to what a pair of testicles can put up with. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also, yeah, well, the other thing since <laughs> since we ended up here that were is going unsaid as well in The Undertaker's comments is one thing that has really changed in wrestling is women are now treated like equals in the locker room. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. How about that? Yeah. Like women's wrestling is actually taken seriously and the women aren't just there to be eye candy. Like that's a huge difference from the era when he started, you know, so like. But But to Andy's point. Okay. I was trying to move on, but sure. In my experience, a pussy, a pussy will tolerate things that I absolutely would not. I, there are it, there's nothing in my anatomy that would that I could tolerate as much that as much as I've seen a pussy tolerate. I this is getting weirdly similar to the speech from Team America World Police. I don't know how we ended up there. But, uh, so, but yeah, no, good good point. To to give it kind of a nice. Uh, button as well one thing that did make me really happy was uh mick foley actually came out and said uh my two cents for what it's worth is that i think wrestlers today are every bit as tough (laughs) as the wrestlers of my generation which mick foley who in addition to being one of the loveliest human beings on the entire planet is a guy known for death matches like for he yeah. started his career wrestling in Japan in like barbed wire matches where things exploded yeah. and he landed on thumbtacks and uh you know like he and Terry Funk like lit each other on fire like he he fell off the top of a cage in a hell in a cell match you know he's very much uh known as a hardcore wrestler and he was very quick to be like, this is bullshit. Like, these guys are... Yeah, straight up, straight up. Because it's no, like, it's no, there's no, I don't know, man. Like, there's just, 
it's so um, like this. Here's a hot take. <laughs> um, tolerance for any of this or whatever you do isn't a, isn't a measure of whatever the fuck your gender is. If you even yeah. have one, like it, yeah, it really isn't. It's just it's just a measure of a person. And to hear that, that's really a drag. To hear well, that, they, like. Why couldn't yeah. the Undertaker just like just be the Undertaker? I'd, well, I'll just do that until I'm gone. No, I mean I think that's yeah. I think we've kind of finally come full circle to where yeah. Like I kind of started with this of just like it's so bizarre to me that a guy who spent thirty years carefully cultivating this persona is just perfectly willing to torch it with bad takes. Like in the yeah. last <laughs> few months, I guess he's just bored. In quarantine? I don't know. Like, he's just... I don't know. I just... I It's funny, because I still... I I don't pay a lot of attention to wrestling these days, but I still get this, like, wrestling newsletter. And and Andy and I actually talk a fair amount about wrestling. Uh, But (laughs) the wrestling newsletter that I get, I just saw one of the headlines said, like, Undertaker, you know, catching heat for comments on Joe Rogan's podcast. And I just went, oh, no. (laughs) This is going to be a journey. Has anyone like not gotten heat first being on Joe Rogan's podcast? <laughs> I, I think the only two outcomes of going on Joe Rogan's podcast is we all never hear about it or it's bad. I don't think there's yeah. like, because I imagine he must have a guest every week and there are many weeks that we don't hear about who that guest was or what they said. Yeah, but man, Joel, he does that podcast like every fucking day. Does he really? Yeah, he does a oh. podcast every day and then like smokes a bunch of pot and eats mushrooms and interviews Elon Musk people that everyone knows the name of. Like it's it's crazy, man. You know what? Fine. Since we're talking about Joe Rogan, we're gonna get into the thing that has been the biggest story this week, since you mentioned Elon Musk too. We're gonna did try to Did someone do that? Did someone? Hey Andy, did you say Elon Musk at one point? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The so so now that he's been mentioned, I do think that we have to try to make sense of, and this is going to be a train wreck, but I, I'm very curious about it because I haven't talked to either one of you about this, but like the big story this week has been the fact that Redditors banded together to buy a bunch of GameStop stock and have, I think, upended the stock market. <laughs> Well, they definitely ruined the portfolio of several high-profile hedge fund managers. Yes. So as much as I understand the story, which is, to be clear, very little, but I have read a lot about it. Uh, So apparently, so GameStop is a brick-and-mortar store that sells video games that uh, had a stock that was not doing super well in general that a lot of people thought was going to continue to tank because you know covid and it's a brick and mortar store and just they assumed like gamestop is going to fail so the people uh that have these like brokerage firms and stuff they bought a bunch of shorts on gamestop which were bets saying that gamestop was going to lose money that the stock was going to plummet and they spent a lot of money buying the shorts and then this wall street bets uh, Reddit subreddit, they all for various reasons that are kind of unclear, but like either because they're Reddit and they're ridiculous and they kind of viewed it as a meme or like they like GameStop or there actually is uh, some things that have happened with GameStop. The guy who ran Chewy.com, which is actually successful, like took over. Anyway, 
everyone on Reddit on this subreddit decided that they believed in GameStop and wanted to save it. And they pumped a bunch of money into the stock, which caused the price to go up instead of going down. And I guess the thing with shorting a stock is that, you know, if if you buy a stock and it goes down in price, you just lose however much it went down in price. But if you short a stock and it continues to skyrocket in price, you could lose millions infinity. you could use it lose infinity of money as it just continues <laughs> to go up like versus you know if you just buy a stock you just lose that initial investment you lose however much the stock loses because you're in, in inherent in buying a short is that you're promising to buy the stock and so you have to buy it and if it keeps going up in price you have to pay that inflated price right yeah basically the way shorts work is you're essentially borrowing the share of the stock and then when the price goes down, uh, the price you borrowed it for, you keep whatever the difference is between that and what you end up selling the stock for. Yeah. So if a stock is $10 and you short it and it goes down to $4, you made $6. Right. But if oh, it goes shit. up... I didn't know I was on mad money right now. Hold on. I'll get... Um, but if, you, if, you, if it goes up in value, like if that $10 goes up to 20 then you lost $20, not just... You didn't like make 10, like if you were buying it in a normal way. Right. Oh, and you invested in Hobo Radio? <laughs> Let it go! Um, it's not the same yeah. if they can't see the visual of Lars actually breaking things in his Wait, apartment. I could have sworn this was a, a vodcast. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, I think it was a combination of wanting to really screw over these hedge fund managers. Um, I think it was more that than than the altruism and belief in what a noble and good product GameStop oh, is. I don't think it was altruism. I'm just saying they're Reddit. So the fact that it's GameStop, I don't think is coincidental. I think. No, that's that's I'm sure true. I think they thought it was cool to specifically save GameStop. You know, <laughs> like like cause in theory, they probably could have done this with a variety of stocks. But they I think they picked that one on purpose. But yeah, I think so. It sort of kind of feels like they found a hack in the system as it were you know and well, i think they they found a way to exploit the system and show how fixed it is like how right like this is this is how they work this is how they fuck everyone over and it's so easily exploitable that you they you, you can just make them fuck over themselves essentially yeah basically what all these people did is what the brokerage firms do to everybody yeah, well, no, exactly, and, exactly. And but, to further show how rigged it is, uh, Robinhood, which is one of the trading apps, uh, limited the amount of stuff that uh, retail stock purchasers could buy, especially related to things like GameStop, to prevent this from happening again. Yeah, so I mean, that's the real problem, too, is that, you know, real a average people can't just buy stocks in the way that, you know, brokerage firms can. You have to either use an app or and so Robinhood was actually an app that all the a lot of people on Reddit were using because they didn't charge a fee uh for the stocks that you bought it turns out like as more information has come out part of the reason that they didn't uh charge a fee is because they were actually just using it as data mining to figure out what people were uh -huh. interested in buying for their hedge funds so that they kind of had an advantage so 
all of the hedge funds that were completely like fucked over and lost millions of dollars were not the ones billions. that the, billions billions yeah. b yeah but all those were not the ones that work with Robinhood. <laughs> like they were their competitors and then when reddit kind of figured out they could do this and what they actually did so they pretty much succeeded with the gamestop thing and then they were like well let's keep doing this and they bought i think it was one of them was uh amc movie theaters and yep. then what was the other one was it like bed bath and beyond or there was some other like i don't remember but anyway they picked new stocks because they the the original one worked but those stocks i think that robin hood had more <laughs> either one they saw it coming this time or two they actually had more invested in those stocks they all of a sudden were like we're not gonna let you do this so they wouldn't let people buy the stocks that they wanted to buy uh, because, yeah, they severely limited the amounts of trades you could make, and yeah, also it's such, it's such a house of cards. This economy. Yeah. Well, the I thing is, it's God. I mean, it's made up. It's all made up. Like well, all, it's all that happened, made up, but also like it's this 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 rabid idea of we have to protect the free market. But when you're talking about like a a truly ultimately free market is set up to fuck over everyone who doesn't have money. Right. No, I think what we're seeing is that people on Reddit sort of realized the power of a lot of average people bonding together in a way that, like, the people who play this game every day do. Like, you can actually move the market yourselves if you're all on the same page and work in in concert with each other. But then, of course... The people who have been doing it longer and who are right. more entrenched well, in the, the system. Well, the thing is, though, you shouldn't be able to do that. You shouldn't just be able to hit up a bunch of people online and change the goddamn stock market. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there should, that shouldn't be but a that's thing, But that's right? how the stock market has worked for literally all time. But, yeah, has it, it been, but has it been working, though? Well, no. I mean, For the people that are making billions? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and the other thing, too, is like some of, again, so there's a million takes on this story. And depending on who you ask and the reasons, they, they change. But some of what people did say for like the reason the Redditors did this is a lot of these shorts, when they do that, it's a way to destroy a company. Like you're betting against a company right. and you can make it go bankrupt and then strip it for parts. And they kind of... You know, like Andy said, probably it was more like them really wanting to stick it to these companies and, you know, kind of take it back. But it's I don't know. It is. I guess I I'm not smart enough to really have like a you know a deep analysis of what's happening or anything. I don't have. But like I find it all very interesting. I, I just. Well, no, I, I'm with you. Like I, like we start we started the show talking about how I. I got a fancy electronic device in the mail and you get both of you. It took two, two grown ass men <laughs> to help me figure out how to use it. So no, I'm no genius on, on these sorts of things. <laughs> However, I think looking like um, you have hedge fund millionaires who lost their ass off of some trolls on Reddit. Now, yeah. if our economy is set up to where that can happen. That's stupid. Right. Also, that's just fucking stupid. But also, can I just respond with if that doesn't make you smile, 
then <laughs> you've lost your capacity for joy. I just I I think I'm just saying it shouldn't be possible. It does it does make me happy, but I'm just saying like this this just shouldn't be. That's I, stupid. That's a stupid system. I just I keep like thinking of Seymour Skinner just like and those hedge fund managers are at home crying their eyes out right now. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that meme happen. I've yeah. already seen someone make that I'm meme. I'm sure. Yeah. That's definitely been Frankie act. <laughs> yeah, but like yeah, I mean one it's just funny that they got beat by Reddit. But no, it's the whole thing is like I it's been a frustration of mine for a long time and I think uh, you know, COVID and a stagnant economy and, you know, the fact that we're all about the same age and pretty much our entire adult lives, like we have existed in an America that has not offered a lot of opportunities financially to people our ages. And like, while my dad could be 18 and be an unskilled labor and find a job that paid enough for him to buy a house that a family of four could live in well, when he was the only one working, like... I have been working for, you know, half of my life and will probably continue to rent a tiny apartment forever. So like, it's not the whole, I'm going to, I'm going to have to disagree with you uh, there, Mr. Murphy, as far as like, there were a lot of, there were a lot of opportunities offered to us. Um, You know, being, you know, being, straight white males of a certain age there were a lot of economic opportunities offered to us and we may may not have taken advantage of all of them and they there weren't you're, as you're many right you know what i didn't offer, offer to us as there was the previous generation you're right you know what i didn't buy the gamestop stock when i first read about it so <laughs> the opportunities i was, offered I was taking, to me. honestly i was spending too much time buying starbucks and avocado toast yes <laughs> No, I mean, look, we are uh, white males, goddamn. so therefore... This goddamn... These avocados have done more damage to people born after 1981 than yeah. anything else. Uh, but no, I, I mean, look, yes, the system is better for us than people of color and women for sure. But yeah. uh, it is pretty much you can look at the charts and you can look at what wages are and the, how those lines have diverged, you know, like we're fighting you know, for, also, and, and also what, what, um, higher education costs for sure. For yeah. sure. No, everyone of our generation, well, not everyone, but mo a lot of people, our generation are saddled with a lot of student debt. Uh, yeah. they have not been offered, but the point is you can't really, you know, opportunities are not aside the amount of money being paid to the middle class and the lower class is just less than it was, yeah. Yeah. you know, 40 uh, years ago. That's an undisputable fact. Yeah, it's undisputable. Just, the the yeah. numbers are right there. Look at them. Yeah, They're like there. wages are stagnant. People are fighting for a $15 minimum wage. By the time they got it, it would already be way too low. <laughs> like like no, the minimum yeah, wage should be no, like $25 at, the, at this point. The, the growth of... um. Um, if you look at the uh, the from the previous generation to this generation's um, uh, growth of tuition and college textbooks, it's like seven hundred and fifty percent. It's yeah. something ludicrous like that. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, when that bubble bursts and it's inevitably going to happen, mm -hmm. 
that will be as bad as the 2008 uh, housing crash. Yeah, but that's yeah. but that's the thing too is like that's what I'm saying is like if you look at the amount of like recessions and market crashes that have happened in our adult lives, and again the fact that when those things do happen, we have to bail out Wall Street. The people who made the bad investments, yeah. they get their money back, and everyone else gets fucked over. Is the way the system has worked for our adult lives like that's well, and- just true. Yeah, and the last time we made meaning, meaningful changes to Wall Street and banking structures was the Great Depression. And we kind of, with those rules in place, avoided major economic collapse until the 70s. Yeah. So, I mean, that was almost 40 years of, you know, not catastrophe on an economic scale. And then, yeah, I mean, there's like the, the gas crisis in the 70s, mm-hmm. uh, the recession of the late 80s, the recession of the early 90s, the recession of the late 90s. The housing crash in 2008. And it's all it's all because those regulations have been being pulled back. Yeah. And it's just I mean, the fact is that like the it's it exists as like a rich person gambling arena to just like fuck around and decide, oh, I think this is worth a lot of money. Well, I think this one isn't. And like that's what we use when we talk about how like our country is doing financially we talk about the stock market and it's like that most people don't have stocks like that's an oligarchy yeah i mean by definition that's an oligarchy like we literally all the the rich people in a country making up the rules for that country's economy well and just the we talk about whether the rich people's money is happy or not that's how we decide how well we're doing. Well, the rich people's money is very happy today. Well, it's not as happy. It's, it was sad on in the markets today. And it's like, it doesn't... Because again, you can look at the fact that people like Elon Musk, because I haven't forgotten that that's where this started, and fuck that guy, um, have made so much money over the past year, pretty much in a direct like opposition to the amount of money lost by poor people. Like... You know, like those lines are just going in the exact opposite directions that a handful of Jeff Bezos's and Elon Musk's have been profiting while the rest of us have been suffering over the past year. That's just the way it works. So I guess I'm just saying, fuck them. Like, do your thing, Reddit. Just tell me next time. (laughs) (laughs) I like you guys. You guys are cool. Send me because look, I can walk Lars through how to set up his recorder, but I don't understand Reddit. I don't know how to know the next thing to buy. <laughs> like that's right. the thing is, I did read all that, and I was like, by the time I'm reading this, everyone's reading this, so I know better than to like even think about investing money because I'm the guy at the end of the tale of this. Like, right? Like you're 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 the guy that's like what. You're Homer Simpson keeping that pumpkin stock in December. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I know the day that I buy GameStop stock was three days after you should have sold GameStop stock. <laughs> like, because... When you should have gone back to shorting GameStop stock. Exactly. Which, I did read that, too, that, like, there are people who are now shorting it based on the fact that it's been on this meteoric rise. <laughs> so, like, there's they're the new shorters who are assuming that it has to come back to Earth at some point. The stock market's stupid. That's really what I'm getting so at. So stupid. I could yeah. see I could see you saying out loud in your apartment that you're going to play the stock market and then and then your wife immediately calling the hospital. 
<laughs> could, you, I, could you please dude, come pick up my husband? There's something wrong with no, him. This is where I I am the Lars of this conversation of like I I would need a 20 year old to please buy me some stocks. Oh, I don't I know what website. To, okay, so it's Robin Hood. Okay, well, so I found the Disney movie with the fox in it. That's not helping me. Like, I, so it must be the Kevin Costner one. Like I don't know how to buy a stock. I honestly couldn't if I wanted to. Uh huh. That's why I keep all my money in my mattress. There. So the um the. The huh. I did see on Twitter that the official um, um, Robin Hood Twitter handle was like, thank, thank you for all the tens of thousands of new followers, but we're actually a, a, about the guy who used to rob from the rich and give to the poor. So greetings from Nottingham. Yeah, because <laughs> they all started following him. Well, also, yeah, like we are obviously not the first people to to get around to the fact that I saw a lot of people on social media pointing out the irony of calling your system uh-huh. Robin Hood and Robin then Hood. literally keeping the poor when people are trying to do some real Robin Hood shit, <laughs> like stopping them shutting from them doing down. The Robin Hood shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So America, fuck yeah. <sighs> I just look Reddit. If it's that I have to figure out what Bitcoin is, I'm just gonna tell you that I don't understand it. I don't like. I'm not gonna be able to do it. Can you guys like buy? I something? get a lot of spam followers on Instagram that seem to know a lot about Bitcoin. So yeah, I, I think I'm in. I think I've got the blockchain set up. Um, I I got millions of dollars in crypto. Uh, so the Rumble, you better watch out. Can I you just got millions of dollars in crypto? I do not have millions of dollars in crypto. Uh, I just can someone tell me how to take like $20 because that's the most I'm willing to put into this and make like a million dollars from that. Is that a thing? Don't you work in a casino? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I just you just need a system. You know, so you bet on black. (laughs) Yeah. Always bet on black. It's the snipe system. Yeah. And that guy (laughs) knows finances. (laughs) <laughs> one guy that knows how to hold on to his money it is wesley snipes yeah for sure uh yeah but um yeah i like I, I i refuse to understand cryptocurrency i read a lot of articles about the stock market and and it explained it as well as i did in this podcast it is my complete understanding of what happened but i mean that's I mean, you got the gist yeah well thank you i think you i think you got the gist i think what's what's up with it is that you shouldn't be able to get fucked so easily, so quickly. Well, I just, no, that, just my, that just shouldn't be a thing, you yeah. goddamn idiots. But I also, I guess I'm just saying that, like, I'm noting this in terms of, like, under, you know, there's a storm coming, Mr. Wayne. Like, when Redditors are banding together to try to take down the stock market, I'm noting where we're at. Is all I'm really saying <laughs> in terms yeah. of no, like you, society. No, you're right. This is this is very much this is very much on par with like um, uh, the French Revolution. Like you, yeah. you people at the top are getting so blatant with how much you have and how much we don't have. You that, are just paraphrasing Selena Kyle in The Dark Knight Rises. There's right go, there's gonna be a reckoning, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am Gotham's reckoning. <laughs> Oh my god! 
I did like trust me. All I've been thinking about is the the scene with Bane in the stock market. I can explain that to anybody if anyone <laughs> needs to. Except actually, what he did because I've never really understood that of how what he did is absolutely impossible no because it's the idea that he could steal all of bruce wayne's money with just like one trade on an ipad while he's riding a motorcycle and that it happens five seconds after he started shooting everyone and that like they don't yeah that's like when lucius fox is like well we could probably prove fraud eventually it's like not immediately like no you could prove fraud (laughs) immediately I just love that they turn yesterday. Off, I love that they turn off his power five seconds after it happens too. Yeah, that's that's how that works. Well, it's just I think this is the guy at the power plant being like, "Fuck Bruce Wayne!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like you saw a shot. Yeah, a hundred percent. He's like, "Oh wait, kachunk." <laughs> they were like, "Phil, you were supposed to write him a letter. <laughs> He's not even past oh. due yet." I got two letters for him. <laughs> F U. <laughs> yep. You need to watch that one again. I only watched that. I only watched that last Batman movie once. It was in the theater. I like it. Look, I, I'll I'll sit here all day and dunk on it, but I also love it so much. It it is delightfully cheesy, and is the cheesiest of those three because the other two aren't cheesy at all. But it, I love it too. It's it's, it's just fun. It, Bane is really fun, and and Catwoman is great. Uh, it's you know in this scenario, like talking about what we just did, and then coming into Batman, like <laughs> Screlly is Bruce Wayne. Like imagine if Screlly turned what? out to be Batman. What? No, no. no I mean, no. that's basically how he paints himself, right? It's just like billionaire douchebag. Well, I mean, that's who Bruce Wayne pretends to be. Yes. Right. So that's yeah. how the public sees him. That's okay. How we but he see doesn't do Sprelly. it with the way his money gets spent. He just does it with his like public persona of like kidnapping a bunch of Russian ballerinas. Not. Oh, I see, bu- I see what you're saying. Like, he's like not, not buying up with uh, all the AIDS drugs and driving up the price so people Understood. can't get healthy. You know what? That is true. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, now I'm trying to think who he would be then like who is the equivalent Ben Mendelsohn is is Martin Shkreli other than being old (laughs) I don't think we were trying to find the the equivalent of Martin Shkreli I yeah I mean also man we never talked about on this show but I was utterly fascinated with that article about that reporter that fell in love with Martin Shkreli like that was was a journey that she like threw that was away what, her 10 years ago that came out yes yeah but she like threw away her whole life to be with martin screlly and then he wished her the best in her future endeavors which is like the coldest thing you could possibly say to someone <laughs> that the, the coldest thing in like corporate wwe speak look like i've been a wrestling fan for a long time if they ever send a press release that says they wish someone the best in their future endeavors that's corporate speak for fuck yourself oh yeah okay, that's work. don't let the door hit you where the good lord split you but yeah who would it which is it, also that's ice cold why would you say that honestly i feel like robert downey jr probably is the closest to bruce wayne that exists like of just a millionaire who's known like as just like a fun party guy also, by the, to bring it all the way back to the beginning, we did watch, uh, Molly and I watched his Architectural Digest tour of his house. He lives in a windmill house. It's really cool. So, just throwing that out there. Nice. In case anyone. <laughs> I watched his uh, 
my next guest needs no introduction Netflix thing with uh, David Letterman. And yeah. he has a bunch of animals. He has like a menagerie. Yeah. But no, his house, it was really funny. Speaking of which, tune in <laughs> Apple podcast for Silver Linings playback. Look at Doolittle. Oh, yeah. Oh, did Silver y'all do playback. that one? Yeah, we did Doolittle. That was, yeah. That one just oh. came out. That came out on Monday. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I got it. But uh, yes. Yeah. You can find it at peakslot.com, hobotrashcan.com, all those good places. Uh, but no, it was really funny to me, too, because so he gave a tour of his windmill house, which is really cool. Uh, but he went outside and showed the exterior and then made a point of being like, but I'm not going to tell you exactly where it is. And I was like, motherfucker, it's a windmill house. Like anyone with Google maps can figure out where you live now. Like right. you, you showed us the exterior and it's a windmill. I don't think that's hard to find. It's in yeah, the Netherlands street, street view, the Pacific yeah. coast. Yeah. And you'll probably find, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll narrow it down to like eight houses. Yeah. And it's just a crapshoot at that point. Uh, Google no, and I, Frank. What I learned, though, from all of this is that apparently David Harbour and I have the same aesthetic. That's what I've learned is I really want David Harbour's apartment. So that was fun <laughs> to learn. Also, it, it cracked me up because he has a poster of the Masters of the Universe, uh, yeah. Dolph Lundgren, uh, Frank Langella <laughs> movie. And that was it. And that was that was Canon's big swing. That was yeah. going to keep them alive. That's a yeah. fascinating movie. And also... I did like David Harbor for me. I thought he was like a a good actor and I found him kind of interesting. It wasn't until he married Lily Allen that I said, hold on. What's going on with what's going on with Wait, David like Lily Harbour? Allen, the, the British pop singer? Lily yes, Allen? exactly. Lily Allen, the sister of the guy from Game of Thrones, Lily Allen. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know that they were married, but I, I, yeah, sorry, they got, I, that's what I'm saying. They got yeah. married and I said, hold on. He must be more interesting than I'm yeah. giving him credit for. Well, and then you it, start to scratch that a little bit. And he is a very eccentric, well, a very eccentric, artistic, cool yeah. person. Well, what cracked me up about the, the Masters of the Universe poster is he said he talked about it because he said Frank Langello plays Skeletor in it. And he's, and he's apparently really proud of his role in that movie. And he was like, so he's an actor that I really love and respect. And I love having this reminder of him wearing a lot of prosthesis in a movie that was not critically well received. Oh, boy. <laughs> and that really oh got me boy. because also on Silver Linings Playback, we did the David Harbour Hellboy, which is not very uh, good. But no, it's, it's pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm a big fan of David Harbour. And it was weird to see that his style definitely matches both mine and Molly. We both watched it of like, yeah, we we would pretty much move into his apartment as is. Just like, turnkey. Yeah. <laughs> you just leave everything? Yeah, including that it had a Pilates reformer, which is like Molly's dream exercise equipment to have in our apartment. Like if we ever... But like... Had that, had the bookshelves, had a bathtub that someone who's 6'4 could fit in. Like, you know. Also, like, I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, Frank Langella is proud of that performance because he was an excellent Skeletor. Yeah, no, he should be for sure. Yeah, he was Listen, great. we should probably stop talking about this right now because this is just killing content for a future episode of Silver uh, Linings Play. Oh, sorry. Sorry <laughs> that the content of our 12-year-old podcast is interfering <laughs> with the other podcast on this network. <laughs> well, you know what? I feel like we have to pay this back that one day 
when we go to do that episode, we get Lars to randomly drop in five minutes before we record it. So you can just be on that episode. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys do you have do you guys have guests on Silver Linings Playback? Because I have opinions on the some of the shit you guys. We have not had guests so far, but it is something that we have discussed. So it Well, may I happen. just learned to new use this new technology. Yeah. So now that you can record yourself, it makes you much more appealing <laughs> as a guest. Your ability you to record. You cleared the first hurdle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you cleared the lowest of the bars, but you, you hurdled over it. You know, you know so what's funny? And I, you I should run for president. Oh, thank you. I um, Well, you can already have a beer with me, so I guess that hurdle is complete. How That's great is it that run for president thing. is now an insult in 2021? That it's like a way of like, <laughs> you know what, buddy? Run for president. Like, like it went from like being the thing that like... People were like, you know, if you work really hard, someday you can be president. It's like, you keep doing this shit, someday you're going to be president. <laughs> be president. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, might make, they might make you hold public office. Keep this up, buddy. Which honestly is where it should be. Look, I didn't yeah. realize I was this revolutionary, but apparently a year in quarantine has really <laughs> made really me much radicalized more. You. It really has. Like, man, I got to. Gotta go watch that Masters of the Universe to mellow out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all y'all's podcast, um, mm-hmm. Silver Linings Playback. Mm-hmm. We watch maligned movies and we find their silver lining. Yes. It is, yeah. it is a very it's a very fun podcast. Thank you. Um you, you know what's fun for me is that um uh Andy, I don't know you as well as I do, Joel. However, I've known you long enough and familiar with you enough and also familiar with how similar you are to Joel is that when I, I listen to the episodes and, um, but the movies that I know that I know really well that you guys, uh, talk about and try to find good things about, I create, (laughs) before I listen to the episode, I create a checklist of things that I know you're going to say. (laughs) <laughs> and I love it. I love it when I can check all of them off, and I don't yeah. get to check them all off all of all of the time. I, that, but, that's... but it's so much fun to be like, you gotta say this one thing though. They did it. You got there. <laughs> What's funny about that podcast too is that we actually record it uh, a few weeks ahead of time. So I think we're uh, like three weeks ahead right now. Yeah, we're about three weeks ahead on average. And what's funny is so we record it. And then I'll forget about it. And then I'll listen to it when it goes up. Ma- mainly, you know, just to, like, make sure that like it posted. There's no glitches. Yeah. Yeah. But what's funny is I'll sit there and I'll listen to them. And it's been enough time when I hear it that often Andy will say something. And in my head, I'll think of a response. And then I will, as I'm thinking of it, hear myself saying word for word <laughs> the exact thought that I had as yeah. he's talking. And okay. it, Yeah. <laughs> It happens a lot. It would probably happen with this show, too. If I just waited three weeks to listen to Hobo Radio, it would be the exact same thing. <laughs> it's good, man. It's good. It's, it's it, you know, it looks like, um, um, it's like, it's almost like a, uh, a parent who knows, who knows their child was really bad in the, the play they just watched, but they're going to find all the nice things to say. Like you were, you oh, we're the so parents. Good. You oh. were, yeah, you're the parents. I thought you, you were, were saying you're the parent. Listening no, to what her, the fuck? The, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was no, actually, like, this you motherfucker's going to be dissing us right no, to our face. Jesus Christ, fellas. Yeah, because I'm the, I'm an asshole. Yeah. But no, it's like you, you did like you, you often you guys would be like 
the everyone in that movie really tried their hardest. Yeah. Like they were selling <laughs> the come fuck up a lot. out of the script that was given in front of them. Yeah. Jesus Christ, were they I, trying to make this I, thing good? I do feel like that movie, ha- that movie, that that podcast has made me more sympathetic towards actors because we watch yeah. p- movies that are maligned. So it makes me really appreciate because I'm like, I think about that a lot. I'm like, they didn't know. I mean, sometimes, yeah. like, like with cats, <laughs> like when we did cats, I was like, I don't know what they thought this was going to be. Right, you know, right, they had, right. I'm sure the cast of cats had no idea what movie they were making no. as yeah. they were making it. But, but, but sometimes, you know what I mean? Like you. And David Harbour is actually a good example because I do really like David Harbour and I like Hellboy. And I'm sure when he signed on to Hellboy that he thought it was going to be good. And I my heart goes out to him because he he did his job. You know, a lot of people do their jobs on bad movies, you know, like they Frank Langella the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah they're all a bunch of Frank no Langellas. So no, no it's yeah. yeah, it's actually uh, our friend Kim Lee described the show to me, too. She listened to it and she said that it. uh she said it was like the compliment sandwich thing that we're kind of doing that, <laughs> like in reverse. Oh yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. you guys, you guys should be very honored because Kim, Kim Lee, the the very talented Kim Lee, listened to your show, and neither one of y'all's names is McElroy. So <laughs> that's true. You know what? That yeah, but it is she. Uh, she yeah, she's she's heavy on the Mabim Bam train. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, my name no, is McIntyre. It's, it's close. Yeah, I think that was she clicked um, it by um, accident. You know what? Maybe <laughs> she started to search. She saw y'all's face, but yeah, no, it it's a She's good. Like, show. There's you an know, Andy McElroy. <laughs> Crazy. It's um, I think it's um, it's a fine balance to talk about movies and not sound like a um, like a pretentious ass or an overinformed sort mm-hmm. of person, and actually just like talk about like actually focus on what you liked and maybe what didn't work. I think it's a very positive show about some movies that um, that are maligned fairly. Yeah, and some unfairly. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's. I mean, I think that that's you know, I we sincerely try to go into every movie. Like, I would love to like every movie that we watch. That would honestly make me happy if the show was about you know <laughs> setting the record straight. It definitely does not happen, and there has been a handful of movies that have uh, caused me to go on long rants about why I did not like them. But that's mm-hmm. pretty rare. I feel like you know. Yeah, I feel like yeah. uh, we 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 approach things with an open mind and have done enough varieties of genres of movies that uh it's you know there's some there's some clunkers and that's sort of by design but yeah. but, but we i mean like there are movies that i i don't think i would have ever watched money plane but i love money plane which honestly what that came from hobo radio that was 100 percent came out of a conversation on this show about money oh, that's right because i was so surprised that you had never heard of that i said yeah i, I just brought up money plane to you and you're like what the fuck is that I said, oh it's ri- this ridiculous thing that shouldn't exist yeah which was one of the like fastest ones i think that got usurped by uh wonder woman 84 which is now the fastest from a movie's release to us doing it but i was definitely like waiting for money plane to be released so that we could talk about it oh yeah (laughs) yeah I actually watched it again just because because I saw I was like, ooh, it's on Hulu. I'm going to watch Money Plane again. No, Money Plane was really fun. Uh, I We do. We should wrap this up. But since you thank you, Lars, for plugging the show this much more than I ever have plugged it 
on our show. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be big in Kenya is what this means. Yeah, look, here's the thing. And I, and I hope you don't like, I hope you don't, you don't take this the wrong way. I'm not casting aspersions, but it's a very fun, quick listen podcast. Like it's just something yeah. in your ear to just listen about movies and some goofy guys talking about some goofy movies. Like, I, I think it's actually really good. That should be our tagline, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And honestly, as we hit... <laughs> At the one hour and 15 minute mark of this podcast, let me just Jesus say, Jesus Christ, we try to keep them at like 40 minutes. <laughs> like yeah. usually this, we try to keep them short. All right. So now we're going to move on to topic two for this. Okay. Yeah. So now let's take the notes. Uh, no, I will say since we talked this much about it, uh, that I'll give a little uh, sneak peek of what is to come since we are three weeks ahead. Uh, next month, we're doing Matthew McConaughey rom-coms. So... Oh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I am so excited for that. <laughs> so starting starting in February, uh, yeah. every Monday, you can hear us talk about Matthew McConaughey rom-coms. Yeah, and also, I don't want to... I do want to tease the audience, but I don't want to get into the nuts and bolts with you right now, Mr. Mr. Joel Murphy. But, Are you going to um, talk about our, our tournament? Are we talking about our tournament? Yeah. We have a tournament coming up. Dear listeners. Mabel Madness. Yeah, the the Hobo the Mabel Memorial Hobo Madness tournament. And this uh, one is this yeah. is the one to end all of them, I do believe. Yes, I, I pitched know. an idea to Lars that I knew would intrigue Lars and that would also test the bounds of our already contentious <laughs> tournament. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's going to test it's going to test the boundaries, and I don't know I don't know what we're gonna do with this. So um so, listeners, what we're going to do is we're going to have our tournament. It started off as the um, the just to coincide with March Madness, and we, we do brackets, and it's supposed to be very fun and lighthearted, and it doesn't end up that way. No, it's gotten increasingly <laughs> complicated and contentious the longer yeah. that we've done it, you know, and uh, I don't know what that says about us, but... Um, I don't either, but just to give you guys a tease of it, it's going to be... it's it, you're gonna to have to look for an extra an extra hobo radio in your feed every week because it's going to be a I think it's gonna be a very, very long tournament. Yes, we're gonna do some bonus episodes because we're gonna going to extend uh the amount of entries. Should we say what it is or are we we're gonna hide it? Let's say now? what it is. Let's say what okay. it is. Go ahead. All right, so we are going to decide. Best side dishes, baby. Yeah, side dishes. We're doing mac and cheese. We're doing French fries. <laughs> French fries, mashed potatoes, yeah, side salad. There's going to be a starches category. There's side gonna be... salad. Just blanket side Dude, salad. Side salad is, that's that's got to be. That's it, a 16 seat if ever there a, was Yeah, one. that's definitely, that's who Duke plays in round one. <laughs> They're the Caesar? Austin P yes. University. Yeah. Garden. Yeah. We got Caesar. We got Garden. We got Greek. Wedge. 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 <laughs> that, that bench is deep. Uh, no. So what we were actually doing, although that's not bad. You know what? File that away for <laughs> next that. year. <laughs> but no, we're doing, we're going to try to find the best television show theme song. No, do or do not. There is no try. What we're going to do is it looks like it looks like because um, because my friend Joel went insane last week. 
and they, last week they put up, <laughs> yeah put up it's the word went. went you either went or last week should be dropped out of that <laughs> <laughs> because my friend joel is an insane person yes, he decided better. the parameters for this contest and in doing so um, I've stayed within his parameters and I have, I got a lot of texts from Lars trying to talk me out of the parameters, really talking out of it. <laughs> yeah. It looks like we're going to do a 128 bracket. I think we either that or 64. I don't know that we've, you know, it's oh, going to be either, a lot. Either 128 or half of that, bro. Yeah. I got, look, I got two yeah, pages. Yeah. I just keep yeah. writing down TV theme songs. So yeah. we're going to find yeah. the best. It's going to be a lot. Song. Yeah. We're trying to narrow it down, but look for that. Uh, but it doesn't matter because I already, I'm going to tell you what guys, since you've stuck with this song with us, I'm going to tell you this, the song that's going to win. Here's the greatest TV theme song that's ever been written. I've got the looks that drives the girls wild. I've got the mood that really move them. I said chill up and down their spine. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy. So remember, I'm just question everything. Gone and I don't need anyone to know better. Put your faith to the doubt or take the roof off the house. We don't need gravity to get down. Yeah. Hey. Oh, hold up. Oh, hold up. Oh, hold up. Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into spring But something happened and it started to cloud The scene began to wilt with sunshine year-round See, nobody remember what it was like without me And too much of a good thing turned into a thing I hit the road and Took a few days off, which consequently turned longer than I originally thought to this day. So, baby, call me what you want good, bad, hot, or a cold front. Hey, testify, testify. Bring your word if it's worth this fine. Don't give me maybe. Don't give me I don't know. Baby, you ain't singing when you're quiet. See, I was born on a storm. Gone, I get gone, and I don't need any wrong to know better. Put your faith to the doubt, or take the roof off the house. We don't need gravity to get down. Hey, hey. Oh, hold up. Oh, hold up. Oh, hold up. 
I heard you broke up with him again So you could dance in the ring you used to take for granted And still have summer at your whim To suit your mood ring when you felt like you couldn't manage But by the time you stepped outside and looked up The seasons changed along with the leaves in Celsius I was long gone and nowhere to be found You figured somebody turned your whole world upside down But gravity ain't to blame when we're standing on different planets I'm rolling with the thunder and the overcast Bright lights flashing, freedom of crash If you see me around, it's only to take the high score back Change is a hard trade in this arcade And I'm back to coffee by the time the stars fade Who's that hot chain working down at the spy house? Got eyes looking like a demon might fly out I flirt with fire but never ever play Spent too many yesterdays with that weight, hurry, wait But be sure as day, it's a beautiful accord Part of me is I enjoy the storm hey. The stakes is high stakes is high Bring your heart and gamble And I don't need any wrong to know better Put your faith to the down or take the roof of the house We don't need gravity to get down yeah. hey! Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. In a world where people watch movies. I think I'm going to watch a movie. Sometimes they don't like what they see. I don't like this movie. But sometimes they look for the silver lining. Wait a second. I like this part of this movie. Joel and Andy, do that work for you. The Silver Linings Playback. I like this part of this podcast where they tell me the part of the movie I like. Every Monday on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts.